praise the Lord. Praise the Lord again. I bless the Lord this evening for entrusting me an opportunity to do a theme exposition mesa. And as we were planning and evaluated, uh, as we had our evaluation, we noted quite a number of things that led us to address a theme for this semester. And some of the things that we really desired, and even as our program will be coming out, you'll, you'll note some of the topics that we saw a need for the Christian Union member to be addressed. And one thing is we would like to have a better understanding of the fundamental doctrine of Christian uh, to build up on our spiritual disciplines and holistic Christian living, the place of character development and building on our relationship. And we have the Romans 101, which is happening tomorrow and uh, the Thursday to come to handle some of the challenges that uh, some members were going through and also the place of uh, apologetics even in this post-modernic age and understanding our faith, having a better understanding of our faith, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit as we'll have it in the course of this semester, and leadership and practical application. We'll be having a leadership training in a few weeks' time and a place of contemporary issues in the church and also place of cultural engagement. And from this uh, truth or this uh, reflection that we had during that time, we decided that our theme will be holistic Christian living. And I'll be doing today an exposition of the book of Colossians chapter three from verse 12 to 17. And before I begin, just I'd like us to appreciate the context of the book of Colossians. As we know, the book of Colossians is an epistle that, is that was written by Apostle Paul and to address the people or the church of Coloss and these who are believers. And I'll read that even according to the customs of writing uh, of letters in that day, we have seen um, the Apostle Paul writing to us and he wrote this um, letter, uh, the letter of Colossians while he was in uh, Roman custody, he was imprisoned. And this was probably the time between AD 63 to AD 64 from the few co commentaries that I read. And this uh, can be found in Colossians chapter four from verse three and Colossians chapter four verse 10. And we'll find that uh, this Colossus was a city uh, which is not even mentioned among the book of Acts. It's just a small city, and it was part of the Asia Minor and uh, as a place called, an area known as Pagia. And when uh, the book of Colossians begins, uh, there's a few uh, members that Apostle Paul mentioned, and one of them being a key uh, character in the church of Colossus is Epaphras, uh, we, we see from the scripture that he was a responsible person whom the Lord was used to preach the gospel among the church of, in the church of Colossians, of Coloss. And this was to get the message to the neighboring town in Lycus Valley, like Laodicea and also Herapolis. Uh, so maybe just to read further on the historical context, uh, uh, Coloss was a prosperous city and 
it was a famous city as well for its fabric dyes. Uh, yet we find Apostle Paul taking time to also, uh, in that city, despite of all that was going, there was a decline. And Coloss is known for the heresy. There are two heresies which will have Judaism, which was one of the, I'll be mentioning it in the course of our, our sermon for today, and also Gnotism, uh, denying the deity of Christ. And uh, just further understanding the context of this uh, place is the city of Coloss was probably the smallest and least important city and Paul, that Paul ever wrote to. And Paul uh, addressed main two problems which are, are called, basically called the Colossian heresy. I've just mentioned the two, Judaism and Gnotism. And I'll now begin the exposition. And before we begin from verse 12 to 17, I wanted us to uh, appreciate the first 16 verses, sorry, the first 11 verses that precedes um, our exposition for today. And from verse one of Colossians chapter three, the Bible says that since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated and at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things above, not on the earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which are idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must get rid of yourself of all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there's no gender or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised. Barbarian or Sikhian, slave, free or free, but Christ is all in all. And this uh, just precedes uh, our text for exposition today. And one thing that we are appreciating from this text is who we have been called to be. There are a few things which are mentioned about who we were before we accepted Christ. And just to sum up all those wickedness, Apostle Paul will call them like to be idolatry. And specifically, he mentions four things, that sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And as we begin now our text for today, I'm using NIV. Uh, Therefore, as God's chosen people, Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. One thing we can appreciate from this text, it brings up the, just in mentioning the doctrine of election. 
and maybe just to help us understand or to be reminded of the gospel, the gospel of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. As written in the text, as written in the Bible, we know that Christ Jesus, he came, he lived among us quite a number of thousand years ago, 2000 and some years, and he lived a pure life. And the main reason he came was to seek and save the lost, both the Jews and the Gentiles. And this was clear in his ministry, even as he moved from different places to preach the message of the kingdom. And he will say, repent for the kingdom of God is near. And what is the context, what is the content of salvation that is spoken, the, go the content of the gospel? As Roman will put it, the book of Romans chapter 10, it's basically you receiving the message of salvation through God's minister who have been sent to you, you believing that message, you believing that Jesus indeed he came, he lived among us at some point of time in history. He never sinned, he lived a pure life. He was crucified at some point of time. Before being crucified, he was flogged. And he died, but he didn't just die. On the third day to fulfill the writing of the prophets, he resurrected from the death. And he spent some time with his disciples before ascending to heaven. And this is what Romans chapter 10 calls to us, the message of salvation. That today when you hear his voice, he's speaking to you through his word, that only he can save and rescue you. The main reason of Christ coming was to redeem that which was lost, to redeem humanity. That's the gospel. And whoever hears this message and believes in his heart, he becomes justified. You become justified on the account of Christ. And if you confess that truth, that Jesus Christ indeed he came he lived a pure life and he died for me and you. And if I confess him today that he's my Lord and my Savior, then I shall be saved. And the Bible will tell us that whoever calls unto the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. That is the salvation I'm talking about. And from that salvation, we are chosen. to be a holy people, to be a holy nation, a chosen generation for God's glory. So as, therefore, as God's chosen people, we are God's people whom he has chosen and he had predestined from the beginning of the earth that we will join his church, will join him and become his sons and his daughters and he makes us holy, not on the account of our own works, but through the finished work of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, on that cross. So, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, being reminded that holiness 
is what God is calling us to. And this will be reminded in the book of Peter, that as the Lord, your God who has called you is holy, so be ye holy. How do we become holy? First, we have to acknowledge the place of salvation for you as a Christian. Another thing that is being revealed to us in just that verse 13 is the attribute of God, love. God is love. And we know this even from the famous scripture that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the love that God is being attributed to here. And going even to the book of Ephesians when uh, the gospel is being presented to us, we are reminded that it was out of God's unending mercies and grace and his love that he has called us. The Bible reminds us in the same book of Ephesians that we have been saved by grace through faith. And all these are gifts from God because of his love that is being mentioned here. So each one of us need to stand in awe of God because of his unending love and mercy. And what then is our response to the message of salvation? What is the response to this truth that through our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, we have been chosen? It calls us now to the holistic Christian living that I'll be doing an exposition of today using these verses. And there are quite a number of virtues tend to be specific which are quoted in this text from verse 12. Therefore, clothe yourself with compassion. Like us to think about Christ, it was out of his compassion that he has rescued us when we were like sheep going to be slaughtered. He came and saved us and that's our savior. And he's reminding us, we are being reminded from this text that one of the attributes of us to be holistic is for us to embrace compassion. I bless the Lord for Jacob CEO. We have a hand of compassion ministry. Just to advance also the gospel of Christ through sharing of our gifts. So we are reminded to be compassion, to have compassion towards one another without partiality, showing compassion to all. The same way our Lord and our Savior, when he had compassion to people, even at that time when there were about 4,000, and the other time at, there, was a five, there was a group of 5,000 people, 5,000 men, 4,000 men. He had compassion on them, holistic Christian living. We ought to embrace compassion. Kindness as the second attribute that we are called to embrace. And similarly, 
to all without showing favoritism, giving to all. And our Lord and our Savior, he himself demonstrated this kindness to us by coming and dying such a death that he did not consider equality with God. And he came in his nature, truly human, truly God, and died for us. So in the same way, we are called to be kind to one another. Humility, humility, the humbleness of mind. I love the way Philippians quotes it. Philippians chapter 2, about Christ, from verse 6, when it says about whom being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in a human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every, man, every name. The humbleness of the mind, it's not just about you being silent, but in your heart, you might be silent, but you are full of yourself. You're just thinking about you, you, and you. But Christ has demonstrated this to us. And even as we journey through this semester, being reminded that we are called to holistic Christian living, then humility is an attribute that we should desire at all times and pray that God works it in us. The next one is gentleness, the meekness. The beatitude will remind us that blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Just ask yourself, are you gentle to that classmate? Are you gentle to the people you meet around? And this should compel you to be gentle to one another. Patience. Waiting upon the Lord. The place of long suffering. Even living in adverse times like this in our current generation. Where do we fix our hope and our trust in? Do we wait upon the Lord Have you said in your heart to wait upon the Lord and to be patient and wait upon his time? Forbearance, bearing with each other. Blessed be the Lord of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That the scripture will tell us that at one point of time, when you read the book of Ephesians, and even as we have just read, the general term for every person, every creature, every human who has not received Christ, they were basically walking in idolatry. 
but because of God's own grace and mercy. He has called us to himself. How I pray and desire that we will not be just quick to point and to rebuke other people, but we will extend the forbearance to even to them, bearing with each other's weaknesses and correcting each other in love, praying for them, Forgiveness, forgive each other, even being reminded from our Lord's prayer that we forgive, we ask that the Lord forgives us and that we extend the same forgiveness to other people. To ask you, is there anyone whom you haven't forgiven as a person, then you desire to live a holistic Christian living, you're desiring to grow holistically, yet there's someone you're holding in your heart. Forgiveness. Remember, it's a condition. Forgive us our debts, even as we forgive those who have wronged us. Love. I really love the way 1 Corinthians chapter 13 puts it. And maybe just to read the attributes that, the attributes of love from the book of 1 Corinthians. And I'll read from verse 4. And one thing you will note that even some of those things that I've already mentioned, they are just description of what love is. And when Paul is writing to the church of Corinthians, from verse 4, he'll say that love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are many prophecies, they will cease. Where there are many tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Love. And in Colossians, that we are reminded that it's love that binds all of those attributes I've mentioned, and even the few I'm going to mention, in perfect unity. I'll, cause, uh, I'll call us to just reflect on the 15 things that are recorded in the book of, or the, rather the attributes that are recorded about love from the passage. Peace. The Lord will tell his disciple before he leaves that peace I leave unto you, not as the world gives you, but my peace I give unto you. Even in such adverse time, having the peace of the Lord in our mind, we were not promised a happy life. In fact, everyone who desires to live a holy life will go through persecution. That's a reality. The saints of old have gone through it 
Some have died a cruel death, but they persevered to the end. Even in such time of trials, still the peace of Christ rules in our mind. And in all things, overflowing with thankfulness. In all things, overflowing with thankfulness. And these are just not merely some laws or rules for us, but they are just basically the principles to guide us through our holistic Christian living. And I believe that if we embrace those attributes, the Lord will guide us in living a holistic Christian living in our academic life, in our leadership opportunities that he has granted us, in our social life, and in everything that God has given us. They are just basically our motivation. They are motivating us to live a life that pleases our Lord. And truly, from the scripture, this we have seen from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. They are not hard things for us. What we just need to do is to rely on him. Whoever the Lord calls, he also equips and enables and sustains him to leave these attributes for his glory and for the honor of his name. And just these alone, they are not enough. We are called also to quite to embrace some spiritual disciplines for us to grow in those areas. As you know, the, the essence of accountability when it comes to us living a, a holistic Christian living. And maybe I, I didn't define holistic Christian living. Maybe just to point us to a few things. In the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 52, it's recorded that the Lord Jesus, he grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and in favor with men. There's a place of spiritual growth. There's the place of physical growth. There's place of stature, the social aspect. And when we are talking about holistic Christian living, we are talking about a balance Christian life in all areas of our life, that there's no distinction between your Christian, uh, your academic life and your social life. In all your life, God should be glorified at all stage. And it's a calling to us then to embrace the disciplines that we already have for us to grow in those attributes. We have prayer. I thank God for Kenya. We, we can pray. There is a freedom of worship. And here at Jacob also, we are free to worship and we have some of the places where we can pray. We have our upper chamber upstairs. We have our powerhouse on your left when you are coming into this assembly hall. We have behind engineering workshop. You can also go to the field and pray as well. 
the place of scripture reading, fellowship like we are gathered here tonight, the place of thinking and rethinking God's word, meditation. I'll continue from verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you are called to peace. The church, we are all one body and the Lord in his own wisdom has gifted us differently for his glory that among our diverse gifts and the skills and the opportunities that he has given us that we are all to be united member of one body one God one faith in our Lord and in our Savior Jesus Christ what about when evil thoughts assails our minds and you think you are better than others just remember what Christ did that in the same nature he was God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. It's a call for us to be humble and serve the Lord and be united in a common cause for the church of Christ to grow for his glory. Another thing from that verse, we are called to thanksgiving being grateful, and how often should we give thanks? We are reminded from First Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances. And from the last sermon, even when we are reminded about perseverance, even in those times when we are going through hard times, thanksgiving should be a lifestyle of every Christian giving thanks to God in all circumstances. Give thanks to the Lord for his good and his love endures forever, joining the Israelites and giving praise to our Lord and our Savior. How often in all circumstances, giving thanks to God at all times. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word, let the word of God dwell in you abundantly as you teach and admonish one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God the Father through him. And the message of Christ, I just wanted to maybe share a bit about the doctrine of Christology or just the doctrine of Christ. And even as we are reminded that let this word of Christ dwell in us, I suggest us that we embrace the doctrine of Christology as one of the doctrine that we understand the Christ of the Bible, the Christ that I began sharing, Christ our Lord and our Savior, who came to save the lost, the gospel, Christ of the Bible. Another thing is 
about Christ, the Trinity, the place of the Trinity, even from a doctrinal stand. We believe in the Trinity and Christ being a person of the Trinity but having two natures that's truly human and truly divine. The message of Christ, Christology. The third one is the name of Christ. The Bible recalls quite a number of them, but I'll just mention a few. We call him the Lord, Jesus Christ. And just to remind us that we are called to the Lordship of Christ. When I say the Lordship of Christ, I, all, I believe we all understand that when we say Christ is the Lord, then we are trusting and obeying him as, as we are told. We are trusting in him. We are obeying him. Christ, the Son of God, who was promised to save the lost. And he came to fulfill the prophecy. Christ, the Son of David, in the genealogy of Jesus, as it mentioned. Christ, the Son of Man, as it's mentioned quite a number of times in the Gospel. Emmanuel, indeed, the Lord is here with us today. The states of Christ. The last sermon for last semester was incarnation. I'm just being reminded of the Christ, the incarnate of Christ, and Christ being the King of Kings as the states of Christ. The offices of Christ, he was the prophet, fulfillment of the prophet. He was a priest and a king of kings. His death, which is so fundamental to our Christian faith, his resurrection is what marks our, our Christianity today. If he will not have resurrected, then they will, they, will know, there will be no Christianity, but because he, resur he resurrected from the death, then we have Christianity. It's a very key message, even in our times, and it's a call for us to embrace it, to understand the resurrection of Christ, the place of atonement, the second Adam, Christ, who came to redeem lost, the lost back to himself, to serve the chosen people, his elect, the church. And we are reminded that let these words, among other biblical doctrine, to dwell in us richly with all wisdom. from the fundamental doctrines, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of God, it's called the theology proper. Understanding eschatology, like just the end times, having a better understanding, let this message dwell in our hearts richly as we teach. There are two things, teach and admonish, and not all of us should desire to be teachers, as James will quote it, because teachers will be judged severely. But that should not make us to fear teaching, but rather just to fully depend on him, and knowing that the content of our teaching 
is the scripture. We believe in the authority of the scripture. Sola scriptura. But we are served as revealed in the scripture. We are also called to admonish, to encourage each other. That's where the place of accountability now comes in. As we have gathered here today, we are encouraging each other to walk in the Lord. And Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, the believers are reminded that we should not neglect the gathering of believers. That's where we come and encourage each other. And I bless the Lord for the opportunities that we have as JQUATCU. We have our Bible study that will be happening from February and how I desire that we will all embrace it. That's a place for us to encourage each other, to pray for each other. We have discipleship classes that, will be that has begun and will be happening in the course of this semester and the semesters to come for God's glory. We have like our Wednesday fellowship, we have our Sunday fellowship, we have uh, Romance 101 which will be happening tomorrow. All these platforms are there to nurture us, to make us grow, to be this holistic Christian. And we are called that we do it with all wisdom and understanding. And who is the source of our wisdom? The Lord indeed. We are reminded from the Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And James will remind us of what an authentic wisdom is. And he will say that wisdom is, first of all, godly wisdom is peace-loving, it's submissive, it's considerate, it's sincere and full of mercy, and it produces good fruit. Let's consider these brothers. As we teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, Psalms, I bless the Lord, we have 150 chapters of Psalms which are full of biblical truth that reveals the attributes of our Lord and that reveals the nature of God whom we are all called to imitate. We are called to be imitators of God. And the Psalms records the truth for us to obey. We have the hymns, and I just love this hymn, Tell Me the Story of Jesus, the message of Christ. Tell me the story of Jesus. Because of time, I'll not go through it. And spiritual songs. And maybe I was thinking, what are the characteristics of the spiritual songs? Who is the central in those songs that we listen to? Do the songs we listen to reveals the attributes of God? Are they from the Spirit? Do the songs we listen to moves us to worship and indeed sing that glory belongs to our Lord? Do the songs we listen to point us to God for our daily manna, for our daily bread? Do the songs we listen to, do they come from God's Spirit? Encouraging the weak, supplying to the needs of those who are fainting. 
to the songs we listen calls us to the place of obedience and trusting in God to assure us of the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. What is the content of the songs that we listen to? Do they call us to trust in God more? What are some of the... I'll really encourage us to really consider the hymns of olden days. They are full of biblical truth that are still relevant and they will forever be relevant to us. And in everything that we do, whether by words or deeds, do it in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In our devotions, in everything that we do, in our academics, the primary reason we are here is for academics, but you're also a Christian. In all these things, doing them in the name of Jesus. For God's glory, that in all those things, the way you do them, you're doing it for the glory of the Lord. What's the application even in our current times? Living in a time when there's a lot of secularism, postmodernism, there's, we are living in a relative society just like how colossians was living in judaism which was basically on legalistic you have to do this and do this circumcision and all those manner of things rituals after rituals and another thing denying the deity of christ what should we respond to this just to encourage us to rely on the scripture that has been revealed to us to guide us and even to direct us calling us to be biblical Christian who, whose worldview is basically you acknowledge the sovereignty of God in everything that he created everything and he has absolute control of all things and our belief should be all that Christ came to redeem man and without, rede without redemption, all those things I've mentioned, we cannot do them. For you to live a holistic Christian life, you need to be redeemed. You need, to, you need the Lord. You need to be born again for you to live a holistic Christian life. And our values? Seeking his kingdom. Seeking spiritual maturity. And when he says about his kingdom come, you're inviting the rule, the authority of God over everything. In addition to the place of values, faithfulness, being good steward of the resources God has given us from the material blessings to the time that even God has given us. And what should be our behavior? that we may walk day to day in a life that glorifies the master so that we may live a holistic Christian living. How I pray that the Lord will forever remind us of this truth, even as we do our devotion, and all glory and honor shall be back unto him.
the five stations for Turkana and Dume Stereo Libi, Kibatari, Pareu, and Donyawasi. I'll just finish it. <laughs> Allow me to pray, and how I pray that we may ponder of this truth and trust in the Lord. Father, thank you so much for using me to speak to your people this day, O oh God, and even as you have also spoken to me, O oh God, that we ought to acknowledge your sovereignty over all things, O oh God. And even this semester, even, Lord, as we journey in pursuing a holistic Christian and a practical living God, I pray that you will help us to live it, O oh God, Father. We acknowledge, O oh God, that only you can help us to live a holistic Christian living. So thank you so much for your redemption, Lord. Thank you so much for your grace, Lord. May you remind us all the days of our lives, O King of glory, for the glory and the honor of your name. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Nana uh, Nakumbuka, the five stations. Five stations. Anyone? The five stations. There's a final chorus answers to pay what chance. Yakukumbuk. Ama ask the people in reflect us as as you buy sweets and support for the mission. Thank you so much for for listening, and I hope that we have been called to grow holistically as Christians, according to Colossians three, as we have had. Um, on Saturday, we are all called to meet at 9 at Pavilion. At 9. Okay. Pavilion. Time ni gani? Eh, this, this year, we do not want to, to do like we have been doing. Let us say 9, what wana fika 11. We, 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 are, we are called to be good stewards of time. So, by 9, tukwe hapo. The reason things are usually late is because people don't arrive on time. So, love your neighbor enough to not make them wait on Saturday. Sendio. So, 9 a.m. Uh, at Pavilion. Um, thank you so much. We may arise and share the grace. And may the grace 